Many Envies, Part 2 of the Yang Zheng and Wei Wuxian Get Along Sweater series. A Motel Zushi fan fiction, written by New Amsterdam, and read by God of Laundry Baskets. It is rated teen and up with no pairings. Summary. What starts out as a simple competition during a night hunt quickly spirals out of control, leaving Zhang Zheng to confront his fears, his feelings, his inadequacies, and Wei Wuxian. Content warnings for animal harm. Chapter 1 The sword pulls cleanly away from its sheath revealing the shining silver white of its blade. Reflected in that shining weapon is a pair of deep blue eyes, color like the deepest part of Yumung's lakes. He doesn't pull the sword entirely free. He doesn't need to. That he can pull it out at all is proof enough. He can feel the spiritual energy running through the blade, channeling itself towards him at the hilt. It calls for him, begs to be used. Zhang Cheng is Su Bian's master. His scowl is reflected back at him as he slams the blade back into the hilt, resisting the urge to toss the blade across the room. It's a thin, elegant weapon, suited to a graceful, almost flippant style of swordplay. As Yang Cheng looks down at the black scabbard, the gold embellishments, the red tassel, he sees a blur of long, dark hair, hears the lilt of a laugh, feels the curve and strike of the sword. By all rights, Sui Bien should not belong to him. His own weapon, the weapon he forged for himself, sits heavy against his hip. Sandu is a sword he named, the sword he was named for. With its weightier grip and hilt, it can cut a swath through a horde of oncoming enemies. Zhang Zheng can move lightly on his feet, can maneuver around and through a crowd of attackers, but he can also stand his ground and use Sandu as a weapon and a guard and a distraction. He doesn't need another sword. He never asked for one. And yet, Sui Bien has been left in his care. Proof of all that person had given to him without being asked, without getting consent. Proof that he's always known better than Zhang Zheng what should be done. That Zhang Zheng's strength has always been based on that person propping him up, catching him, pushing him forward. Everything he's built since his parents were killed, since his home burned to the ground, was built on a lie. Maybe even before that, the same was true. His life split into eras, all defined by that person. Fuck you, Wei Wuxian, Zhang Cheng whispers harshly into the darkness of the room. He needs to let go. He needs to move on. And he can't do that with Sui Bien sitting amongst his things, 
taunting him. Zhang Zheng fastens Sui Bian to his belt, just behind San Du. The extra weight doesn't throw off his balance, but instead imprints in his mind with muscle memory. How many months did he carry these two swords side by side? How often did he run his hands along Sui Bian's sheath, praying that Wei Wuxian was still alive? If he'd tried to draw Sui Bian, then would he been able to? After all, that was after he lost his own golden core, after Wei Wuxian had, he shudders, forces the thoughts from his mind. What does it matter? He's never going to use this sword. The only thing it can be to him is a shackle keeping him trapped in the past. He grits his teeth, lifts his hands forcibly away from Sui Bien to run them over his face. Why does he need another reminder of the past? He's already surrounded in them, living in a home that's a monument to his dead parents, his formerly destroyed clan. Everything weighs him down, keeps him looking backwards. Everything, that is, except... Jia what are you doing? Jinling groans, stepping into the room with none of the dignity befitting his station. Are you ready yet? We're going to be the last ones there. Zhang Zheng turns to regard his nephew. He's grown over the past year, though his cheeks are still rounder than Zhang Zheng's, than his father's were. His eyes have a softer look, too, framed by dark lashes. His features aren't the sharp, carved beauty that most of Jin Guangshan's descendants share. No. Instead, he has a fresher, more approachable look, less like stone and more like a flower. He bites the inside of his cheek, like he always has to when he thinks of his sister. For all that Jinning has become the head of his father's sect, for all that he wears the sparks amidst the snow on his chest, he will always be Zhang Yanli's son. What would she say? as she saw Zhang Zheng carrying Sui Bian at his side. For those months when he'd first had it, her eyes had only drifted to the blade. But she'd been thinking about Wei Wuxian, wondering, like Zhang Zheng, if he was even still alive. She had never told him to put the sword down, to give up hope that Wei Wuxian might return to them. If she knew the state they were in now, she'd probably be disappointed. But the very reason she isn't there to scold them is the very reason, the very reason, Zhang Zheng can think of Wei Wuxian with nothing but poison in his thoughts, hatred in his blood. Juju, Xinling says, resting a hand on Zhang Zheng's shoulder. Come on! Before, Jin Ling would tug at his sleeves, grab at the dangling ribbons that held his hair in a knot. Now, instead of a child, stumbling along to keep up, Jin Ling is nearly a man grown. Maybe, Zhang Cheng is the only one who's stuck in the past, frozen in time and place. He shakes his head, brushes off Jin Ling's hand, and strides to the door. I heard you the first time, he says coldly. There's no rush. They'll wait. To 
tonight, he can return Suibian to its rightful owner. And when he does, he can let go of everything else the sword makes him carry with it. He can forget about the sword's foolish master, its true master. And then he can finally move on and be free of Wei Wuxian's looming shadow. By the time he and Jin Ling dismount their swords and make their way to the meeting point, the others have already gathered. Zhang Zheng expects a crowd of white in a small clearing, but instead there are only two figures standing there. The first is Lan Xu Zhui, whose name Zhang Zheng remembers in spite of himself. The Lan Disciple is a smaller version of the two jades, his expression as even and pleasant as Zewu Jin's usually is. He stands with his hands folded into his sleeves, his head tilted up as he listens intently to his companion. Wei Wuxian might blend into the shadows, if he had any sense for subtlety. Instead, even dressed in his customary black, he stands out against the dark bark of the tree he's leaning against. Arms casually behind his head, one foot crossed over the other, he's the picture of ease. <laughs> well, why shouldn't he be? Zhang Zheng scoffs. He has all the freedom of a rogue cultivator, all the security of a prized member of a great sect. As far as Zhang Zheng knows, Wei Wuxian doesn't have any duties other than hanging off Hong Guang Jun's arms and annoying everyone he comes into contact with. Zhang Zheng has none of that. If his strength were to fail, he'd have no one to lean against. If he fell, no one would be there to catch him. As the leader of Yunmeng Zhang's sect, every step he makes, every word he speaks, carries with it an untold cascade of consequences. Ah! Wei Wuxian looks up, turning away from Lan Suzhui with a wave of apology. Is Jin Ling and sect leader Zhang? The title is strange coming out of Wei Wuxian's mouth. He'd never even referred to Zhang Zheng's father as sect leader, unless formality absolutely called for it. Jin Ling mumbles out his greetings as Lan Suzhui clasps his hands and makes the appropriate bow. Zhang Zheng nods as the Lan disciple, but pointedly turns away from Wei Wuxian. The bright spark in Wei Wuxian's eyes dims a bit, and Zhang Zheng catches his expression falling out of the corner of his eye. What right does he have to look disappointed? Was he expecting any better acknowledgement? Where's Lan Jingyi? Jin Ling mutters, looking around. It's obvious that no one else from Gusu has made the trip. Punishment, Lan Suzhui explains with a sigh. Jin Ling smacks a hand against his forehead. That idiot! Hong Kong Jun was called away on sect business. Wei Wuxian explains, turning to Zhang Zheng. He's still spreading himself thin, covering for Zewu Jun, 
I told him he should take it easier. I thought tonight would be a good break, hunting some lower-level ghosts, but he wouldn't listen. Why? Zhang Zheng says through clenched teeth. Do you keep talking? Wei Wu Xian leans forward, so he's in Zhang Zheng's line of sight, his head cocked to one side. His lower lip juts out just slightly. It's jarring. This isn't... This isn't Wei Wu Xian's face, but it's his same expression. Mo Xuan Yu resembles his father, his half-brothers in uncanny ways. His skin is milkier than Wei Wu Xian's had been, at least, before he'd come out of the burial mounds, looking ashen and drawn. His features are more delicate. The long Jin nose coming to a sharp beak, the narrower eyes. Even dressed in black and wearing Wei Wu Xian's expressions, there is no doubting where Mo Xuan Yu came from. Back then, Wei Wu Xian hadn't looked like anyone but himself. Zhang Zheng, of course, had never seen Wei Wu Xian's parents, but he'd been somehow sure that Wei Wu Xian was a unique entity, not tied down by anyone else's blood or expectations the way Zhang Zheng was. You agreed to come on this night hunt, didn't you, Zhang Cheng? Wei Wuxian says, voice carefully neutral. You knew I'd be here, too. Is it his fault that Jin Ling has some stupid attachment to the lawn boy? And that he, as Jin Ling's foolishly indulgent guardian, wants to support what may be the first genuine friendship his nephew has ever had? Jin Ning could have come alone. There's no great threat here, and he and Lan Suzue are nearly grown. They've certainly come into their strength in their respective ways. But he mentioned it so offhand that he was going to partner with a small delegation from Gusu to clear a mountain between them from a persistent haunting. He said that Lan Suzue had invited Wei Wuxian along because. Who else was as expert in taming and dispelling large numbers of malevolent ghosts? With him along, we won't need any other help, Jin Ling had said flippantly, toying with the ends of his long hair. Don't you think so, Juju? The next morning, when Zhang Zheng insisted he'd come along too, Jin Ling hadn't fought him on it. In fact, his nephew had looked strangely pleased. What? Zhang Cheng snaps, eyes narrowed at Wei Wuxian. Am I supposed to be scared of your shadow now? Chased off whenever anyone mentions you? Wei Wuxian frowns. No. <laughs> he lets out a short laugh, barely more than an exhale. <laughs> why should you? And why should anyone think you'd be glad or just neutral about doing something you'd agreed to? Why should I be glad to see you? Zhang Cheng demands. Did Wei Wu Shen reclaim his soul at the cost of his mind? The last time they'd seen each other had been weeks ago, in Yun Meng, when they'd been trapped together. Why would Wei Wu Shen think that Zhang Cheng would ever want to see him again after that? Hadn't he gotten the message? That if Zhang Zheng could dig into his own chest and pry out the pieces of himself that tie him to Wei Wuxian, he would. Wei Wuxian 
folds his hands behind his back, balances first on one foot, then the other. You wouldn't, he agrees lightly. But then, maybe I should give you a real reason to be unhappy. Zhang Zheng's lip twitches. What was that? Nothing, Wei Wuxian says lightly, but he doesn't try to hide the sharp grin that cuts across his face. Just, shall we make tonight's hunt interesting, sect leader Zhang? The title is a mockery, a poke at the distance that should be between them but isn't. There's no parallel name Zhang Zheng can give Wei Wuxian. He isn't the Yi Ling patriarch anymore, not in any way that matters. He's some strange and undefined thing, floating apart from the structure and hierarchy of the great sex. Are you challenging me? He wonders. Do you want to lose? Wei Wuxian scoffs. It's been so long since I've seen you in action. Who knows? Maybe in thirteen years, you've managed to catch up to me. It's bait. He knows it's bait. And yet, what terms? Keep count of how many spirits you dispel, Wei Wuxian says lightly. At the end of the night, whoever has more points is the victor. And the boys? Zhang Zheng jerks a head towards where Jin Ling and Lan Su Zhui have their heads bowed together, gossiping. Su Zhui with me, and Jin Ling with you. Wait, Wu Xian decides. We helped teach them, so they may be our teammates. Oh, and Zhang Zheng? What? He snaps, nerves sparking in a long-forgotten way at the thought of going head-to-head with Wei Wu Xian. No rich man tricks this time. Wei Wu Xian wags a finger at him. No fields of spirit-binding nets or anything of that sort. Just you, your partner, and your cultivation. Fine, Zhang Cheng says roughly. Fine, Wei Wuxian calls with a triumphant smile. It's the sort of haunting usually caused by a natural disaster, a series of rock slides or a flood or an earthquake. The souls of the dead pulled away from their bodies and lives without warning or reason, lingering without purpose. Their malevolence lacks focus. If they are angry that they died, they have no human target for that anger. And so, they settle in layers into the landscape, hoping to trip or trick passerby into meeting futile and unexpected ends just as they did. In short, they're annoying, but not dangerous, to a properly competent cultivator. The two teams, Yumung and Gusu, and, yes, Zhang Zheng does flinch when he thinks of Wei Wuxian as being from Gusu, set off in opposite directions. They'll each take one of the winding paths up the mountain, clear as many ghosts as they can along the way. Even if they don't track down every spirit, dispelling the bulk of them should unmoor the rest, cause them to either drift on by themselves, or rob them of whatever danger they pose to civilians. A petty, childish part of Jung Jung crows at how easy it will be to win this contest. Wei Wuxian hasn't let go of demonic cultivation, but he also doesn't have the strength he once did.
Perhaps the Yi Ling Patriarch could have summoned every malevolent corpse and spirit from this mountain in one fell swoop and banished them. But Zhang Zheng very much doubts Wei Wuxian is capable of that in his current state. Has he even started to rebuild his golden core now that he has one again? He shakes his head, dispersing that line of thought. Wei Wuxian has no qualms about using his advantages, unfair though they may be. Zhang Cheng remembers that last competition, up in the mountains, when his sister had been so distressed by Jin Zuzhuan and Wei Wuxian had been so adamant, so arrogant. Thinking back on it, it seems obvious that Wei Wuxian wasn't just being cocky. He was being defensive. Zhang Zheng can remember his face clearly, framed by his long, dark hair, his irises rimmed with eerie red light. His expressions had been strained, even as he'd smirked at the Jin cultivators and tied that strip of black cloth around his eyes. At the time, Zhang Zheng had been relieved when he'd done so, because that uncanny look in his eyes had been hidden, at least for the time being. Now he wants to grab his younger self by the collar and throttle him. How could he not have seen how much of Wei Wuxian's spirit was being eroded away? How could he have relied so much on his strength without seeing its cost? Stupid, powerless Zhang Cheng, always unable to protect the things that matter most. Zhuzhe. Zhang Cheng looks up, sees the golden glint of an arrow charged with spiritual power, and sidesteps just in time to avoid being skewered. The arrow whistles by him, embedding itself square in the skull of a corpse and knocking it back to hit the ground with a thud. Jin Ling rushes by him, Shui Hua flashing in the moonlight as his nephew deftly cuts the corpse down. He turns back to Zhang Zheng, one eyebrow raised in question. Don't get distracted, Jojo, he complains, bow in one hand and Shui Hua in the other. Don't think you've gotten so high now that you can scold your uncle? Zhang Zheng responds coolly. He really has lost all face with this boy now, hasn't he? He's convinced he can take any liberties he wants. Zhang Cheng scowls, brushes past his nephew, and bends over the corpse to examine it. That's one, he says. Not enough to beat Wei Wuxian and that Lan disciple. Jin Ling grins broadly at him. Let's destroy them, Jie Jie. As they make their way up the mountain... Zhang Cheng's frown deepens. For the most part, he and his nephew make a good team. Jin Ling flits from tree to tree, using arrows to herd corpses together. Zhang Cheng waits in the shadows until a large number of them are gathered, then strikes out with a broad sweep of Zhu Dian. The corpses fall over, and Jin Ling jumps down from the trees, counting off the corpses with childish delight. They are improving the situation on the mountain. There's no reason not to have some fun with it. But the more corpses Zhang Zheng sees, 
the more his initial rationalization of this haunting starts to fall apart. The corpses aren't the sort you'd find after a natural disaster. They're spread out around the mountain, even accounting for their ability to move, fueled by resentful energy. None of them have been crushed by rocks or fallen trees, as Yang Jung would expect from rock slide or earthquake victims. Something tore it apart, Jin Ning says, nose wrinkling in distaste. He looks down at the body of a young man, one of his arms and both of his legs missing. Something had ripped pieces of flesh off his face, his stomach. Even so, he'd attempted to crawl using his one remaining limb, chasing after Jin Ning until Zhang Zheng had sliced him down with Zhu Dian. Zhang Zheng hums in response, circling the mangled corpse and prodding it over with the toe of his boot. These wounds were inflicted when the man was alive. The bloodstains are enough to prove that something had eaten into its flesh. Set another marker, Zhang Zheng instructs. After the mountain is cleared, they'll send in disciples from Yunmeng to gather the corpses and dispose of them properly. There's no real hope for returning them to their families. Well, at least they can be interned or burned. The next corpse they come across is in a similar state, limbs mangled, flesh bitten off in pieces, and then another. But this is the body of a child, and it's marred, almost beyond recognition. It's like something started eating it, then gave up halfway, Jin Ning says, taking a step back from the grisly scene. Or several somethings were fighting to get to it, Zhang Zheng mutters. He thinks of throwing scraps of meat to a pack of dogs, watching them tear pieces apart and run off with their small trophies. I thought we only sensed low-level resentful energy, Jin Ning protests, crossing his arms over his chest. What could have done this? Their spirits aren't even strong enough to put up much of a fight. Zhang Zheng startles. He extends a hand, curving his fingers inward. Purple energy like lightning sparks from his palm, extending out to the corpses and hovering over them, probing. Zhezhe? Zhang Zheng shushes him. The energy returns slowly, bringing with it the milky, shredded remains of the corpse's spirits. Zhang Zheng blanches. They're not low-level because they died of a natural disaster, he murmurs, prodding at the destroyed spirits with his own energy. Then what? Whatever killed them... It also tore their spirits apart. That can happen? Jin Ling leans in, his own golden spiritual energy extending as he examines the spirits. His eyes go round, his face paling. Zhang Zheng drops the spell, lets the shred of both spirits drift off. Come on, we're getting to the bottom of this. The next batch of corpses is fresh. Blood fills the air, splattered across the ground and the trunks of nearby trees. The shredded remains of limbs are scattered, bit into by sharp, unforgiving teeth. 
If it's a beast, why wouldn't they eat the bodies? Jinling says, stepping gingerly through the carnage. For all that he's called a princess, Jinling doesn't flinch away from such scenes. Instead, he squares his shoulders and wades right into the mess, determined to find a solution. If we knew that, we wouldn't be wondering what did this, Zhang Cheng replies through gritted teeth. The scent of blood is nothing unfamiliar, but it still brings to mind so many memories he'd rather not contend with at the moment. The mangled bodies, the shredded spirits, they all remind him too much of the last moment he'd seen Wei Wuxian in his real body before he'd been torn apart and scattered. He leans down amongst the bodies, sees evidence of a traveler's caravan set upon with no mercy. The spirits linger, though they are so ill-defined, Zhang Zheng doubts he could even call on one to answer his questions. The bodies weren't what the creature wanted, Zhang Zheng murmurs slowly. Jin Ling tilts his head in question. Then what? The spirits are what was truly devoured, Zhang Zheng explains, really doing no more than thinking aloud. Biting into the bodies was a way to the spirit, but after they had, there was no reason to continue with the flesh. The spirits, they're picked clean. What's left is just scraps— like the bones left over from a dog's meal. A dog? Xin Ling frowns. What, there's some pack of demonic dogs on the mountain feasting on spirits? It's not outside the realm of possibility. It makes too much sense. And the instant Xin Ling says it aloud, Zhang Cheng realizes something else. Shit, we have to move. Uncle, what? We have to find Wei Wu Xin. Zhang Zheng rarely wishes to be wrong. And yet, as he and Jin Ling race to the opposite side of the mountain, fluttering low in the air on their swords, all he thinks is that he must be wrong. Unfortunately, the universe has always found a way to express its cruel humor at his expense. It's Jinling who sees the flash of white in the trees before Zhang Zheng does, points out the spot as they both descend towards it. In the darkness, it's hard to see. What reaches him first is the noise and the stench. It's putrid, like rotting flesh, but more potent, the way a dog's smell is more potent than a man's. Zhang Zheng has always been fond of dogs. And yet, when he finally sees the creature, he rears back in horror. Half skeletal, half held together with black and purple rotting muscle, the dogs stand in a menacing semicircle around Lan Su Jue, their teeth extended unevenly from their crooked maws, their eyes dark like blood and hazed over with madness. There's five of them, each twice as big as the largest dog that Zhang Zheng has ever seen. Even calling them dogs seems inaccurate. 
They are about as similar to Jinning's fairy as a many-limbed goddess statue is to an actual human. Then Sujue! Jinling cries out, hitting the ground and immediately spinning Sui Hua up off the ground and back into his grip. Are you all right? The land disciple has his hands cradled around a Gu Jin, strumming the strings in a complex pattern. Blue spiritual energy radiates out from him, creating a barrier between him and the demon dogs. The dogs whine and growl and paw at the barrier, thick saliva falling from their mouths. No wonder they're salivating, Zhang Cheng thinks. Having fed only from civilians, the souls of two cultivators would seem like a feast. Sweat beads down Lan Sujue's brow as he maintains the barrier with his own strength. He turns his head to see Jinning running towards him, his strained expression clears back to its usual kind distance. Jinning, he calls, fingers never lifting from the Gu Jin, focus never straining from maintaining the barrier. Stay back! It's a shield! Jinning stops short, extending a hand only to find the barrier has extended fully around Lan Zhue in a circle. Blue energy sparks between Jinning and the barrier, warning him off, trying to push through it. Zhang Zheng comes up behind his nephew, barks at Lan Zhue. Where's Wei Wuxian? It is only then, close enough to overcome the darkness, that he sees. Wei Wuxian is sitting in the grass, hands braced behind him like he'd fallen backwards and failed to get back up again. His hands are clenched painfully in the dirt, one braced over Chen Qing as if the flute had fallen from his hands at the same moment he'd lost his footing. His eyes are wide, pupils dilated down to nothing, his mouth hanging open in horror. Senior Wei is here, Lan Sujue says, voice strained. I can't snap him out of it. Where is Lan Zhen? Wei Wuxian says in a shaky voice. The high pitch isn't his usual put-upon dramatics. He's terrified right down to his bones. You said Lan Zhen was coming. Where is he? What's wrong with him? Jin Ning asks, and it's not an entirely unreasonable question. He's seen Wei Wuxian yelp and run in fear of one dog, of a dog as sweet-looking and well-trained as fairy. But this is a Wei Wuxian facing down a pack of dogs, out for blood. Dogs so big they're probably the same proportion to him that the wild ones had been to his body when he was a young child. These aren't the dogs he fears only as an impulse, a memory of a time when he was smaller and weaker. These dogs might very well kill him. You said he was coming, Wei Wuxian says again, voice breaking. He wouldn't leave me for so long. Where is he? Lan Zhen! Zhang Cheng's hands clench in irritation. Some threat the Yiling patriarch turned out to be, still done in at the mere sight of a few monstrous, soul-devouring demon dogs. Pathetic. And how dare he cry out for Hong Guang Jun when Zhang Cheng had been the one rushing here to save him? Ungrateful! Zhang Cheng snaps. He steps around the barrier, despite Jin Ning and Lan Suzhui's protest. 
Zudian sparks to life from where it rests around his finger, and by the time Zhang Zheng is facing the dogs, the powerful whip is coiled in his hand, ready to strike. The whip sparks with energy like electricity, lets out a crack like thunder when Zhang Zheng strikes out at the dogs. He hits one across the face, the spiritual energy cutting into the dog's flesh and stinging with spiritual energy. The dog throws back its head and howls. Behind him, Wei Wuxian screams. Jin Ming! Zhang Cheng snaps. Arrows! And you! He turns briefly to look Lan Zhuzhui in the eyes. Maintain that shield. He's only a liability like that. Keep him safe. Both of the boys nod, and Zhang Cheng gives them a grim, almost smile of approval. At least he doesn't have to worry about the two of them losing their heads. Like before, he says to Jin Ling. Herd them together. Don't get close. If one of the dogs manages to get a good bite in, it would probably be only a few moments before the victim's spirit was pulled free and they descended upon it. Zhang Cheng thinks he might be able to get between the demon dog and his nephew in that time, but he's not going to chance it. Not when it comes to Jin Ling. Jin Ling leaps into the trees, high and out of reach of the dogs. He fires three arrows in quick succession, creating a triangle around the other dogs and forcing them inwards, where they snarl and bump into each other. Zhang Cheng can hear the low notes of Lan Su Zhui's Gu Qin maintaining his shield. His spiritual power can't contend with a sect leader's, but the boy is stronger than Zhang Zheng would have guessed. Good. When the dogs are pawing over each other, snapping their jaws and growling like they are crunching gravel, Zhang Zheng strikes out with Zhu Dian. The whip creates a beautiful arc against the dark night sky, cracking through the air and slicing into two dogs' stomachs. The dogs howl in pain, and from their stomachs, Thin wisps of smoke-like energy rise up. The souls they've devoured, Zhang Cheng thinks dimly. Zhu Dian is freeing them like it would a body possessed by a malicious spirit. Zhu Dian can dispatch the weakest malevolent corpses and spirits with a single strike. The dogs are stronger than that, and Zhang Cheng realizes he'll have to step in closer. Reminding Jin Ling to keep his distance, Zhang Zheng draws Sun Du and, using Zhu Dian to strike at the dogs again, knocking them senseless before slicing into them with his namesake sword. He gets the head off one, its flesh the purple-gray color of spoiled meat. It lunges out, teeth snapping, even as Sun Du severs its head from its body. The head goes flying in an arc over Zhang Zheng, dropping boiling, putrid blood over him like rain. He clicks his tongue against the back of his teeth. Disgusting. Juju, Jin Ling calls, another arrow slicing through the air and pulling another dog from the pack. Do these count for more than one point? Zhang Cheng snorts, even as he stays focused on the second dog. Really, it's an unfair advantage. Wei Wuxian would never have stood a chance against these creatures. That doesn't mean, however, that Zhang Cheng isn't taking a certain amount of pride in being the one to deal with them. 
He slices the legs off the second dog, then stabs Sun Du straight through its chest before dodging backwards when a third dog lunges for him. He's so wrapped up in fending off the third dog, he doesn't notice when the last two return their attention to Lan Su Jue's barrier. He hears it, however, when the barrier breaks, with the sound of shattering glass, the Gu Jin letting out a high, strained note as Lan Su Jue scrambles to right himself. He can't turn around. The dog is still in front of him, waiting for a chance to rip into him and pull his own spirit free from his flesh. Even if he can hear Jin Ling's shocked grasp, Lan Su Jue's ragged breathing as he tries to calm down and recenter his spiritual energy. Focus on what's in front of you, he hisses at himself. Then go take care of the others. And that is what he fully intends to do. Except that just as his sword slices across the third dog's legs, he hears Wei Wuxian's voice. Ayun! His voice is so frantic, so pained, that Zhang Cheng cannot help but turn towards it. The scene laid before him is a mess. The black Gu Qin lies to one side, strings broken. Man Su Jue has drawn his sword, but fallen to his knees, sweat beading down his brow and soaking his forehead ribbon. The remaining two dogs circle him until a shadow in black gets between them. Wei Wuxian has his arms spread, Chen Qing clenched in his hands, but not raised to his lips. His eyes glow a faint red, but he isn't gathering either spiritual or resentful energy towards him. Idiot! Had he just run forward on instinct without being in a state of mind to actually do anything? A line of four sharp claws scours his back, and Zhang Zheng falls to his knees with a hiss. That stupid third dog! He flips over even when the ground hits his back, and he has to bite down on his tongue to stop from screaming in pain. He lifts his sword, and while the dog is clawing at him, snapping its teeth, he forces Sen Du up and through the beast's belly. When the dog stops moving, he thrusts its empty body away from him. He scrambles around, lunging forward and practically clawing towards the others. A glimmer of gold stands in front of Wei Wuxian and Lan Su Jue. Sui Hua crossed like a shield in front of him. Jin Ling's spiritual energy shines out bright and pure, and he swings out with his sword in alternating directions, keeping both the remaining dogs at bay. Zhang Zheng's heart surges with pride even as it drops in horror. Coughing, he scrambles to his feet, pulling San Du out of the dead dog's body as he races over. Jin Ling, he calls, get back! His nephew has the good sense to get out of Zhang Zheng's way as he strikes out with Zhu Dian, attempting to hit both the dogs away from Jin Ling and the others. The dogs, even with the wisps of spirits escaping them, don't budge. Lan Su Jue is still struggling to get to his feet. Has he been injured? Wei Wuxian is hovering over him, his face pale and drawn, his hands shaking around Chen Qing. Move, you useless idiot! Zhang Cheng screams just as one of the dogs lunges for Wei Wuxian's back. Wei Wuxian half turns, his eyes going wide, his muscles locking. Whatever energy had surged through him when he tried to defend Lan Su Jue leaves him now. He's rooted to the ground like a tree, and yet shaking like a leaf. Shang Chung! he yells. Dog! 
happens if he doesn't fucking see that, Zhang Cheng thinks darkly. And then the tenor of the words reaches him, and he sees Wei Wuxian years ago in a different body altogether. Wei Wuxian as a child, dressed in purple, his hair messy around his face. Wei Wuxian crying as a dog runs at him, frozen in place, and calling out for Zhang Cheng to save him. He's too far to reach the dog with a strike from Sun Du, and using Zhu Dian, he'll probably end up hitting Wei Wuxian Horlan Su Zhui. Zhang Cheng does the only thing he can think of. He propels himself forward by kicking off of the ground, knocking into the dog from behind and wrapping his arms around it, bringing both of them crashing to the ground. Jin Ling! he screams, even as the dog twists in his grasp. Stab the last one! Kill it! He rolls with the dog, gravel and rocks cutting into his injured back. He tries to get his knees under him, tries to shift Sandu in his hands to manage a strike. As the two of them fight each other, they keep rolling further and further away from the rest of the fight. Zhang Zheng is dizzy, his nostrils filled with the scent of blood, when he finally lands on his back with a heavy thud and manages to kick the dog away from him. He gets shakily to his feet, gripping Sun Du in one hand, writing Zhu Dian to strike. The dog rounds on him, taller at the shoulder than the others, with an uglier, meaner face. Zhang Cheng spits blood to the ground in front of him. This creature thought it could defeat him, thought it could hurt Wei Wuxian when he was there to stop it. He flinches at the thought, so foreign. He tells himself it's because he has been focusing on hurting Wei Wuxian for so long, driven forward only by the thought of finding him if he ever resurfaced and making him pay. And yet, it isn't revenge that has him stepping forward brandishing Zhu Dian. His struggles with the dog have left him at the edge of the forest, where the trees give way to a rocky cliffside. They're practically at the mountain's peak, the drop-off from the cliff, just an endless abyss of darkness. Zhang Cheng's lips curl into a slow, sadistic smile. He raises his arm above his head, Zhu Dian, glowing brighter as he infuses it with his spiritual energy. He circles the whip over his head once, twice, then brings it crashing back down to earth to strike the space between him and the dog. The earth cracks, a fissure opening up and spreading across the ground. Before the dog has a chance to lunge at Zhang Cheng, the ground beneath it begins to crumble. As the world falls out from under it, he lets out a pitiful whine, almost like a normal dog would make. It falls straight down into the blackness as a cliffside breaks apart. The earth is still moving as Zhang Zheng braces his hands against his knees and tries to catch his breath. His robes are bloody and torn, his back aching, his head light, but he killed four of the beasts, and surely... Zhang Zheng! A hoarse voice calls out to him. Are you all right? Xinling got the... Zhang Cheng turns and sees Wei Wuxian running towards him frantically, only to stop short. He still looks sallow, like his soul hasn't quite returned after it fled at the sight of the dogs, but the fear in his eyes isn't for his own sake. Zhang Cheng, he says, step closer to me. His first reaction to such an order is to scoff. 
Hadn't Wei Wuxian said it himself those weeks ago when they'd been trapped together? Everyone knows that Zhang Wanyin hates the Yiling Patriarch more than anyone else, than anyone else. Why would he ever step closer to him? But he realizes the reason for Wei Wuxian's request a moment too late. The earth, still shifting from the force of Zhu Dian's strike, has been crumbling outwards in two directions— and so, before Zhang Cheng can react, the ground beneath his feet also begins to give way. Zhang Cheng! Wei Wuxian lunges forward, fingertips just grazing the fabric of Zhang Cheng's robes. He's falling backwards, no time to reach out and grab anything, nowhere for him to find purchase. Zhang Cheng looks up, eyes wide, and then suddenly there is someone grabbing his hands and pulling him forward. You idiot! he hisses, trying to pull away. Now we're both falling! Wei Wuxian is right beside him, holding onto his hands like he'll never let him go. But never might come very soon, because the blackness is rising rapidly towards them, swallowing them whole. Somehow, even as they plummet, Wei Wuxian has a presence of mind to tug Zhang Cheng closer, to hold him against his chest and maneuver them so that when they hit the ground, Wei Wuxian's back takes the brunt of the impact. Zhang Cheng is squirming all the while, trying to pull away from Wei Wuxian's hold, but when he hears the dull thump, his own back, slashed open by the demon dog's claws, smarts in sympathy. He would have screamed, he's sure, if he'd hit the ground first. "'Idiot!' he declares nonetheless. He pushes himself out of Wei Wuxian's arms, struggles to his feet. "'Why would you do that? I have a sword. I could have flown back up. What good is there in you falling, too?' Wei Wuxian looks dazed, winded, as he looks up at Zhang Zheng. He winces. "'My head hurts. Stop talking so loud.' "'Great!' Zhang Zheng thinks." Now, whatever was left of his brain has been knocked out of his head. Wei Wuxian pushes himself up onto his elbows, looking around them. Then he screams. Oh, shut up! Zhang Cheng grumbles, even as he steps between Wei Wuxian and the demon dog. He kicks it with the toe of his boot, turning it over easily. See, it's dead. It can't hurt you. Wei Wuxian sucks in a shuddering breath, pulls his knees against his chest as he steadies himself. He hangs his head, letting out a breathless laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry, he says, and it isn't clear whether he's addressing Zheng Zheng or someone else. I really was useless back there, wasn't I? Zheng Zheng's teeth grind together painfully. We already knew that, he snaps. Some grand heretic patriarch you are, undone by a dog. Wei Wuxian smiles faintly. It was five dogs, and resentful energy didn't have much effect. Zhang Cheng takes that to mean that Wei Wuxian had at least tried to defend himself before fear had overtaken him. Was that for his own sake, or because he had Lan Zhuzhui to protect? You were saying... Aling, before, Zhang Cheng says stiltedly at the reminder. A brief 
proud smile ghosts over Wei Wuxian's face. That nephew did just as you told him. He took Shui Hua and took off the last dog's head. Zhang Cheng nods grimly, his mind still working even as the same pride sparks in him. Then at least we don't have to worry about those two before we get back up there. He reaches absently at his waist, searching for Sun Du, but the sword is not in its sheath. Because, of course, it wouldn't be. It had been in his hand just before they'd fallen. Zhu Dian had automatically returned to ring form, but he'd been clutching Sun Du when the ground fell out from under him. Shit. He looks around, scanning the dark ground for a hint of the sleek blade. His hands clench at his sides. The ground is splattered with the demon dog's blood, its body squashed and mangled in the fall. The forest trees have given way here to smaller plants, shrubs, underbrush, night-blooming flowers. But there is no sandu. Heartbeat quickening, Zhang Zheng extends a hand, calls forth his spiritual energy. It flares around him with purple light, radiating outwards in search of the sword that is tied to his soul. But though he senses a faint response to his call, the blade does not appear. What is it? Wei Wuxian asks, back on his feet. His voice is soft, considerate. It makes Zhang Zheng want to slap him. Sandu, he says. I must have dropped it in the fall. We can't get back up there without it. He lifts his nose, looks down on Wei Wuxian coldly. That is, unless you have a sword. Wei Wuxian smiles self-deprecatingly, spreads his hand. Chen Jing is back at his waist, but there is no other weapon on him. Sect leader Zhang should know my spiritual power is still very low. Even if I carried a sword, I wouldn't be able to do much with it. Then we're going to have to find my sword so I can drag your useless body back to Jinling. Then we have to find my sword so I can drag your useless body back to Jinling. Zhang Cheng snaps. He doesn't know why he's so angry, but he steps ahead, his spiritual energy searching farther than his eyes can see. After a moment... He hears Wei Wuxian's footsteps behind him, feels his presence as he falls in step. Neither of them mention Sui Bian, hanging at Zhang Cheng's waist. The sweet scent itches at his nose, not quite noticeable at first. It's when Zhang Cheng, guided by the faint presence of San Du, steps into the water up to his ankles that he looks up and takes in the change of scene. It's a pond, or a lake. It's impossible to see the edges of the water, filled with lily pads and brightly colored flowers. A soft fog blurs the edges of the scene, color somewhere between gray and lavender under the moonlight. And the scent. Why is the scent pulling at him so much? Wei Wuxian, he says. What do you make of... He startles, glancing around. Wei Wuxian had been right beside him. They hadn't been speaking, after Wei Wuxian's few abortive attempts at making conversation. 
because Zhang Cheng hadn't wanted to speak to him. He never wants to speak to him ever again, because walking along Wei Wuxian, being on a night hunt with him, it's too much. Even if he no longer wants Wei Wuxian dead, how can he participate in these farces? How can he get so close to the thing he wants, only to remember he'll never have it? He can't let Wei Wuxian make casual conversation. He can't allow him to weasel his way back into Zhang Zheng's good graces, his heart, because Zhang Zheng won't survive it. He knows this very well. Wei Wuxian! he calls out, scanning the edges of the lake. Where did you go? There's no answer, just the echo of his own voice rippling along the water. Why would Wei Wuxian just wander off, or did he sneak away, waiting for a moment when Zhang Cheng wasn't paying attention? He wouldn't just leave him, would he? Surely not after— His heart seizes. Griffed by a sudden panic, Zhang Cheng looks wildly around for his lost companion, and there, finally, a smudge of black and red out of the corner of his eye. Without thinking, he races towards it. Wei Wuxian! The dark smudge lingers at the corner of his vision, so that when he turns towards it, it is suddenly gone. Zhang Cheng stomps around the pond until the water is lapping at his knees. The fog is rising, blurring his vision at the edges. Answer me! He screams. No one told you to jump off the fucking cliff with me, did they? So why would you do that and then disappear? It's something he's never understood about Wei Wuxian. During their childhood, their lost youth, he'd always been sure that Wei Wuxian would do anything to help another, and that especially applied to Zhang Cheng himself. No matter how much resentful competitiveness he felt towards Wei Wuxian, true to himself, Wei Wuxian was always there to ease the way, to keep him safe. But then, like a candle blowing out and leaving only smoke behind, he was gone. All his promises meant nothing, because Yang Cheng was left alone. Why bother helping in the first place if he wasn't going to see it through? It's one thing he's always wanted to know, but has never wanted to ask. Get back here! Yang Cheng screeches turning about in useless circles. The water is up to his waist. The thick, floral scent is growing stronger, itching his eyes and giving him a headache. Wei Wuxian! He stumbles forward, feet catching on a vine or root beneath the surface of the water. Unable to catch himself, he crashes forward into the water, landing on his hands and knees. His back aches. His head throbs. His vision blurs. Why does he feel like crying? A sharp voice sounds from somewhere above him, cracking like a whip. I thought I taught you better than this, Ah Cheng. For the second time in the span of a few minutes, his heart stops. He struggles to brush the moisture from his eyes, to let his vision clear and focus on the person in front of him. Even before he sees her, he knows who she is. Even after over a decade without her, he'd know her voice anywhere. Get up, Ah Cheng! A flurry 
of purple silk descends on him, brushing over him. He looks up, throat closing. Mom? Yu Zhu Yuan sneers down at him, looking every bit as beautiful and defiant as she did the last time he ever saw her, and her face softens. She kneels down, her long sleeves floating in the water. Grabbing him by his shoulders, she pulls him to his feet. What are you doing down in the dirt? she asks coolly. Surely that's no place for the leader of Yimengjiang. He nods slowly, because she's right. Of course, she's always right. I was looking for... He starts to say, eager to explain himself. She shakes her head at him. We're all here. It's just you we're waiting for. He stands taller than her now, but she keeps a grip on his arm and steers him forward. As she moves, the wind blows through her long sleeves and glossy dark hair. The scent of her perfume hits him, takes him back not fifteen years, but almost thirty. His mother used to wear lotus-scented perfume when he was very little. He remembers pressing his face into her neck and breathing it in, reaching for the small crystalline bottle that sat amongst her things, but at some point she'd stopped wearing it, and he'd never seen the bottle again. Was that after Wei Wuxian had come to live with them? Wei Wuxian, he says, stumbling. Where is he? I have to... I told you, his mother says sternly, sharp nails digging in where she grips his shoulder. We're all waiting for you, over here. All, Zhang Cheng echoes, before he sees. A few feet away lit up by the faint lights coming from the flowers, drifting along the water, is his family. A stabbing pain goes through him, and he would fall back to his knees if his mother wasn't holding him upright. The first person to step forward from the small crowd is his father, tall, broad-shouldered, but with a painfully gentle smile, he inclines his head towards his wife. Zhang Zheng's mother smiles in return, and her expression isn't barbed or forced. Come see your son, she says. Madame Yu steps away from him, and Jiang Fyungmian takes her place. Before he can look up and into his father's eyes, Jiang Cheng flinches. After so long, what will his father see in him? What has he done that has broken past the boundary of impossible? A soft gentle hand rests against the crown of his head. Sect leader Zhang, Zhang Fyungmian says, and there's a kind of laughter in his words as he honors the title that was once his and is now Zhang Zheng's. He pats Zhang Zheng's head as if he were still a child, then brushes back his bangs and lets his fingers linger on the braids that Zhang Zheng wears in honor of his father. Zhang Zheng's face flushes a furious crimson. We left you to carry so much, his father murmurs, regretful. But you've done so well, my son. 
His heart feels so heavy. He's sure it's going to crumple, folding on itself without the strength to stay in one piece. Had his father ever called him as such, so warmly and with such pride? His eyes are stinging, but he pulls his shoulders back, determined to stand up straight in front of his parents. I wanted to make you proud, he says, voice thick. It would be unbecoming, he thinks, to press himself against his father in search of an embrace. He has not been held by anyone, well, since the night they both died. No, that's not right, because a sister had been there to hold him, and she'd been the only one he'd allowed to get so close. Young Yan Li. How was he ever going to explain to his parents what he let happen to her? Ah Chang, a soft, melodious voice, calls out to him. Why are you standing so far away? Come here and let me look at you. He glances up, stumbles forward, and has to choke down a sob. There is his sister, standing in her purple robes, her hair done back with a golden ornament. Next to her, his hand at Zhang Yanli's waist, is Jin Zuzhuan. Ah, Jie, Zhang Cheng cries out, and now he runs to her, brushes Jin Zuzhuan aside, and presses into his sister's embrace. Zhang Yanli brushes down his hair, presses a soft kiss to his brow. What is the matter, Ah Cheng? Why are you crying? He pulls back just enough to brush the tears away with the back of his hand. I'm not crying. But here is Jian Yanli standing in front of him, and Jin Zuzhuan hovering awkwardly at her side, giving Jiang Jiang a firm pat on the shoulder in a show of support. He is so stiff, so distant, but he's trying. Maybe they really can become brothers of a sort. After all, without him, they never would have had Jinling. Jinling! Zhang Cheng calls out, and his heart throbs. Where is he? He has to see you. Ajie, he looks just like you. Zhang Yanli cocks her head to one side, brow furrowed slightly. What are you talking about? It's late. Ah Ling is asleep. Look, his cradle is just over there. He follows the direction she indicates sees the smudge of a tiny golden cradle on the horizon. Zhang Cheng shakes his head, a throbbing pain building behind his eyes. No, that's not right. Ah Ling is a teenager now, and a sect leader. He yells back at Zhang Cheng, defies him, but he had also tried his best to protect him from Jin Guangyao. His nephew was grown, had grown up an orphan, with only Zhang Cheng to support him. And Zhang Cheng wasn't enough, could never have been enough, because how could he ever take the place of Zhang Yanli, who would have been the perfect mother? No, Ah Ling is... Zhang Cheng starts, but his words come thick and slow. He's up the mountain with... He breaks off one hand against his head. Ah-chung, Zhang Yanli says softly. We're all here. You don't need to worry about anything else. 
Unless you want Ah Ling to grow up an orphan, Jin Zhu Xuan asks from above him. His voice isn't unkind, just questioning, like it really is a choice in Zhang Cheng's hands. Of course not, Zhang Cheng snaps, rushing them both away. He takes a step back, but then his parents are joining them and he feels boxed in. No, of course I want you all to be there. Jinling deserves to know his parents. We're all here, his father says. Isn't this what you want? To be with all of us? Zhang Cheng nods. Why is he crying again? This is what he wants. This is what he's always longed for. He can see even more shadows coming up around him. His grandmother, the disciples from Yumeng who'd been slaughtered by the Wens, even the dogs that were taken away when he was a child. The dogs that were taken away because Wei Wuxian had come. He looks up, head turning wildly as he searches for black and red in the mist of a sea of purple. Where is he? Why isn't he here? Who? His mother asks, her eyebrows arching. Who? What a strange question. The moment she asks, Zhang Cheng's mind goes fuzzy and he can't focus. He had just been thinking about something, hadn't he? I don't understand, he says. His mother lets out a little huff. Zhang Wani, she says, and though her tone is scolding, it's also fond. Her fingers graze his cheek, and then she grips his chin and forces him to look upwards. You're the sect leader of Yunmeng Zhang, the last of our legacy in this world. Why are you wasting your time thinking about someone else? But that doesn't make sense either. If he's the last of their legacy, then how are they still here? His father's hand presses down on his head again. It should be a kind gesture, but now it's stifling, too much weight bearing down on him. Ah, Chung, he says lightly. Didn't I always tell you to follow our sex motto? Dumbly, choking back tears, Zhang Zheng nods under the weight of his father's hand. And if so, if the impossible has happened, shouldn't you just accept it? Is that his problem? That he's always been scared of the impossible, has not dared attempt it? What more could he want, Ah Cheng? Zhang Yanli asks. We're all here with you. He sniffs, because this is all he wants, to be with his parents, to have them be proud of him, to have his sister alive and by his side, for Jin Ling to have the chance to know his parents, for Zhang Cheng to lead Yun Meng Zhang as he was meant to, to inherit a thriving sect when his father stuffed it down, not to become an heir to smoke and ashes and carnage. This isn't the way he always imagined it, the way he dreamed it. Where is his shadow, his support, his twin hero? Where is the person who promised to stay by his side and support him? Where is the person who always lifted him up, even as his very existence highlighted every one of Zhang Cheng's flaws and inadequacies? Where's Wei Wuxian? His voice cracks. 
Zhang Yanli presses close, puts a hand on his arm. Ah, Chung, she says, sounding soft and so sad. If you had to choose... Forget him, Jin Zhuxuan recommends. Is it worth his life that Jin Ling will grow up alone? That's right. It's Wei Wu Shen's fault that Jin Ling is an orphan. He is responsible for more than that, isn't he? His mother says. Without him, your father will look at you. He'll see you for who you are. Jiang Fiongmian is smiling, utterly unperturbed by Wei Wu Xian's absence. I didn't give you enough time, he says apologetically. I want to fix that now. Our family, Jiang Yanli says. Don't you want to stay with your family, Ah Chung? I do, he says. He's sobbing openly now, and they're all reaching out to touch him, grab him, hold him down. I do want to stay with you, but why, isn't he part of our family too? It was never really said in such clear terms. When Jiang Cheng and Wei Wuxian traveled together, others would often comment that Wei Wuxian didn't act like a servant. He was never treated as one either. Whatever Wei Zhangzi's role in the Jiang sect had been, his son was brought into Jiang Fiangmian's household completely. Jiang Fiangmian had never called him a son. Jiang Zheng had never called him a brother. But they were family. Is he? Zhang Yanli's voice is a ghostly whisper, colder than she'd ever been. Isn't it us you've longed for, Ah Cheng? Us, who you wanted to bring back? When she says it, Zhang Cheng realizes something horrible. In those months after the Yiling Patriarch's defeat, the crying Jinling cradled against his chest on long nights, he had wished for his family back. He had cursed Wei Wuxian down to his bones, though they'd disappeared into dust, blown away on the wind. And then, staring at Chen Qing, the only piece of Wei Wuxian he had left, he'd spat, I know you're coming back. What good is demonic cultivation if we'd be rid of you so easily? It wasn't a hope. It was a certainty. Wei Wuxian, dead though he was, would be back. Zhang Cheng had lost every other member of his family, save for the baby, Jin Ling. But Wei Wuxian... Wei Wuxian wasn't going to be undone by the rebound of his own power. He wasn't going to be defeated by Zhang Cheng, of all people, who he'd always been superior to. It was only a matter of time. Sometimes, Zhang Cheng thought that the certainty of seeing Wei Wuxian again was the only thing keeping him alive. That, and his responsibilities to Yu Meng and Jin Ling. Let him go, Zhang Fiongmian says. Let him go, and all the rest of us will stay with you. He belongs somewhere else now, Jiang Yanli says. You belong with us, 
Isn't it an easy decision? Jin Zuzhuan wonders aloud. You'd choose him over your family? Yu Zuyuan scoffs. He is my family, Zhang Jiang chokes. Water has risen to his chest, climbing upwards to his neck. Underneath the surface, vines wrap around him, pulling him down. He's all the family I have. I I finally got him back. What do you have? Yu Zuyuan snaps at him. He won't even look at you. He doesn't belong to you Mung anymore, Young Young Mian says sadly. He's moved on, Young Yanli reminds him. He's got Hung Guang Jun. He doesn't need you. But I it's hard to breathe. Water is covering him, filling his lungs. He fights to keep his head above the water. But I need him. His mother's face twists in front of him. Or is it his sisters? His father? Or Jin Zhuzhuan? His grandmother? The disciples? Why won't you Why stay, won't with, you stay us? with us? I don't know! Zhang Jung screams. He forces himself upwards, kicking aside the roots, weighing him down, swinging his arms, and trying to push the others away from him. He needs to think. I don't know. I want to stay. I don't want to leave you. But I can't. Not if he won't be here, too. Not if I have to trade his life for yours. Foolish boy. Little idiot disappointment. I don't care. Young Jung bares his teeth. Spiritual energy flares around him. Wei Wuxian, where are you? Wei Wuxian! Zhu Dian responds to his energy, flares into a whip, and circles him. Purple lightning dispels all the foreign souls, all the resentful energy. For just a moment, Young Jung sees through the glamour. It isn't his family surrounding him, but overgrown flowers and vines latching onto him and trying to pull him beneath the water. I'll kill you, he declares viciously. I'll destroy you, but I won't leave him. End of chapter one.